So I sold my truck cap. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's let's start with an introduction to the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. That would make me Mike. Mike, I understand that you uh, recently (laughs) sold the truck cap. Yeah. From your truck. I I feel like I may have gone over this already. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that's our more most organic bit. Yeah. So uh, I did, I did sell the cap off my truck because it was this massive, fucking heavy like toolbox in the sides, like work cap. And uh, from what I gathered, when they're brand new, I think it was probably close to twenty five hundred dollars, which is insane to me to spend on a cap. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it was a really nice cap, and I think I sold it for like five hundred dollars because I don't have any need for it. It's not in perfect shape. It had some clear coat peeling off and stuff, and it was kind of dirty and everything. But uh, regardless of that, who gives a shit how much I sold it for? Um, The guy, I had it listed for pickup only, and the guy lived about 45 minutes away, and he was like, hey, I don't suppose you'd be willing to bring it to me. And I was like, if you throw me a bone, I might. So, you know, he threw in a little extra money for me, and I drove it to him. And I go to pull in the guy's yard, and there's this fuck Biden flag hanging off of one of the trees in his yard. And my, my heart immediately went, oh, it sank. Because I thought, oh, God, this is going to be one of those guys. Actually turned out to be a pretty decent dude. Yeah. But, uh, you know, notwithstanding that opinion, which he's, yeah. he's entitled to his opinion. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But uh, I was expecting, you know, like, because I know he had to have looked at my Facebook. I mean, when you go to buy something up Marketplace, you always look at the person's Facebook profile. Yeah. You know, I want I want to make sure that I'm not dealing with somebody that I'm going to end up getting into a fight with or something like if they say anything to me immediately because, you know, they're they're that much idealistically apart from me. And yes, I would base a sale where if I had the choice between somebody who was a douche and somebody who wasn't a douche, in my opinion, I would go with the non douchey person. When I did, fr- and that's my fucking prerogative. When I did freelance graphic design work and web design, de- uh, web development stuff, um, I was very choosy about who I worked with. This and guy was all right. Even, even with like a fucking contract, I had to like bend this guy over backward to get my money. Ugh. I mean, I mean, it took him months to pay me. He owed me $500. I won't say the name of his company because I'm pretty sure that he was running into the ground by this point. It's probably... Yeah. You know, no longer solvent anyway. But yeah, this guy just did not know how to pay his bills. And he knew that I wasn't, you know, like that I wasn't some big agency. But yeah, so you weren't going to be able to really press the issue. It wouldn't be worth it for that money. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, it was 500 bucks and he did eventually pay me. But it was it, it just it told me like, man, you know what you're doing. Obviously, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You can't afford to pay a contractor $500 for something after six months or with three months or however long it was. Did you end and up getting paid? I did get paid. Yeah. Good. There Good. were other, there were other contracts where I didn't, and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I had to teach myself how to write a legal contract. And I still don't know if I ever got it right, but it served me well enough to get me paid a couple of times. And that's, what's important. You do the work and you get the, the paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I pull into this dude's driveway and he's like, you know, waving to me because I actually ended up driving past his driveway because he had two addresses on the front of his house. Ah. I guess one of them, cause they only have the mailboxes on one side of the street. One of them was his dad's and one of them was his. And I got confused and drove past cause I didn't see it right gotcha. away. And so I pull in and, He's got a friend coming over. And like I said, I'm thinking to myself, oh, damn it. I'm going to be stuck here for at least a half an hour, 45 minutes with this because this fucking cap weighs a ton. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like it was probably I'm going to guess because I lifted up one corner of it while the toolboxes are still in it. I'm guessing it was about 300 pounds. Okay. 
It might have been more. I don't know. So I'm talking to him, realized the guy was cool, felt a lot more at ease. And I'm like, why don't we take the toolboxes out of it? It'll probably make it a lot lighter. Well, just then two of his buddies show up, these two big hulking dudes. And we do take the toolboxes out. We end up lifting it off the truck. It like way, way less uh, mm-hmm. without those toolboxes in it and everything. And cash on the spot and my truck drives completely different. I can tell you, honestly, I gained over a mile and a half per gallon fuel wow. economy back. Just from not having, just from not having that cap on there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was nuts, dude. My gas mileage was abysmal. I'm talking like 11.6 to 12 miles per gallon. Well, that's gold. And I'm way right up now. over 13. And I mean, I mean, that's like, that's just like just taking gold doubloons and tossing them into a lake. Yeah, more or less. It's you know. pissing my money. Just while I'm driving down the highway, take a fistful of bills and just hold them out the window and let them go. Yeah. Now, my truck does take flex fuel, which I doesn't have it listed anywhere on the truck. But the gas cap is yellow and it says it can take E85. So hmm. I decided to try an experiment because flex fuel typically does not yield good gas mileage i mean it's cheaper at the pump by a bit and sheets actually is running a um a uh, promotion until monday i think wherever they're 88 and they're 80 or they're 88 and their flex fuel are on sale for like over a dollar cheaper in one k in the in this chick in the flex fuel i think it was like 325 hmm. a gallon uh, but they're doing a thing for the 4th of July like that. So I decided today that I was going to mix flex fuel with regular gas and see how it does. Hmm. Have to report back and let us know. I will. I will. Yeah. You know, I wanted to touch base with something. My brother uh, listened to our last episode and did say that Dave Mustaine is definitely right wing and i looked it up again and i was able to find proof this time that he said some things so i just wanted to i just wanted to touch base with that and say how egregious is it uh like he um endorsed rick santorum for president that's that's pretty bad yeah that's pretty bad i mean it he flip-flops back and forth at times with stuff he seems like since he became a born-again christian that he is more uh conservative which i would guess would go hand in hand with the religion right but uh seems to yeah it seems to i'm still gonna listen to megadeth because i'm i'm trying not to be that guy yeah i'm trying not to be that guy that bases all my decisions on other people's opinions on stuff because i have my own opinions people might not like mine dude i'm telling you right now it's you I still won't listen to Ted Nugent, though. I want you to know that. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> there's, and there's plenty of perfectly valid reasons not to that have nothing to do with his politics. Like, his yeah, he's just a is, creepy piece of shit. His music is all about, like, being a pedophile. Like, yeah. And it's not really that good. <laughs> it's not good music, you know. He has, like, I think, um, uh, what the hell's the name of that song that I used to always play when we were younger of his that I can't think of the name of it now. But he has like one really good song. Ted Nugent does, but the rest of them are kind of mm-hmm. like crap. Yeah, yeah. Well, I the point is that like save that energy for the arguments that really matter. Like when you have an, a friend who has that dissenting opinion, as opposed to some schmo in the you know celebrity who you enjoy some of their work and. You know, you don't have to feel bad for enjoying their work. It's called a guilty pleasure for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of musicians and artists and stuff that I enjoy. And I take away different meanings from their work than they probably intended. And it might even annoy them if if they knew the takes that I I I got from their work. But I don't really give a shit because the way I look at it, art is something that gets created and then the viewer or the listener or the uh, consumer gets to decide what it means. That's ultimately the power of art is that it's something that you, tra- you don't really, you transfer it onto somebody, you know, mm-hmm. they're subconscious in some way. And it, it takes, if it's good, it tends to take soil there. It takes root there and produce something. And um, 
I think a lot of times, like people give a lot of lip service, like art is whatever you say it is, but art is whatever people respond to, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't help but respond to certain songs, even though the goofball that made them, you want to slap them around a the str- head. Neck. Stranglehold was the name of that song that I oh, couldn't think of. And that I got to be honest with you, it's pretty, pretty badass song. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess Cat Scratch Fever isn't really the worst thing. Like if it came on the radio, I would I'd rather listen to Pantera's version of it. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like those are the only two Let's songs see, like, that I can think of. But then he was in like Damn Yankees, I think, which was just horrible 80s hair rock. But like Pantera's another great example. Like I fucking love uh, uh, Vulgar Display of Power mm-hmm. and Cowboys from Hell. They're two of the great rock albums like metal albums of their time. I like Far Beyond Driven too. Far Beyond Driven is quite good, but I, it doesn't hit the spot for me. The quite Great the Southern way. Trend Kill was just no. fucking weird. I did it, not. It I didn't like it. But even even Far Beyond Driven didn't really hit the spot for me quite the way that Vulgar did, and and yet Phil Anselmo is a, a filthy piece of trash. Well, he is a filthy human being. He's a horrible piece of shit. And he's probably responsible for the death of De- uh, Dimebag Daryl. And it's never come out. And he'll never get go to jail for it because well, who knows why? Because he's connected with somebody. Yeah, I mean, you can't really, I, I, I can't with a clear conscience completely blame him for that because the guy that did it was was fucked up in the head and mm. had his own beliefs. And yes, breaking up the band definitely precipitated what happened. I just but it makes like, it hard for me to to say that he, you know, was responsible. I don't know. I mean, so. we this is on the coattails of just a few weeks ago. One or both of us saying that Andy Dick was responsible for the death of Phil Hartman. True. You know, so and I mean... He had a direct link, though, to that with the getting Phil Hartman's wife back into drugs and mm-hmm. and stuff. So, you know. Yeah. And well, I, we, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I'm just saying we can't afford to be. Split hairs that finally, I guess, you know, otherwise we lose some some level of objectivity, you know, and I don't I don't want to be one of those people who sits there and, and, and has like like uh well it's okay except when kind of mentality because like once you start making arguments like that you're, you're kind of leading down a slippery slope you know okay you know what i mean i like, get you yeah i understand yeah. i was gonna say reinventing the steel i don't know if you've ever listened to that that's the last pantera album that they made fucking rocks i yeah. recommend it it's really good hmm. like every song on it is good it's like they bounced back from whatever the hell Great Southern Trend Kill was, and that album just kicks ass. Hmm. And uh, and just one final thought on the whole Megadeth thing. The song was awesome. You were correct. Yeah. And uh, Dave Mustaine is a fan of Alex Jones, and that makes me fucking laugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's laughable. That's like saying yeah. that you enjoy clowns. I, I I have a friend who owns a Facebook group or Facebook page called the uh, We Live in a Circus Universe. Mm-hmm. One of the rules there is that you have to type in all caps and use no exclamation or no uh, punctuation. punctuation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're yelling all the time. Yeah, you're yelling all the time. And basically, the idea is that you're yell you're screaming into the void because we're all going down on the same sinking ship together truth and i'll tell you what you know as i doom scroll my days away i'm finding it hits different these days than it did just a few weeks even ago i don't think i've been this anxious since the beginning of the pandemic with all the shit that's going on yeah i mean it's it's those kind of times and the only thing that i that that holds me from from totally you know going off the wall with this stuff is the hope that this activates the people who care about other people and who care about making this stuff right oh and gets them out 
and uh, and that maybe we see some kind of a change somewhere. I, I I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know when. I don't even know what that change looks like because really at this point we can all say, oh, we need different elected officials in, and that'll change things. No, it's not going to. The change no. is got to be something different than what we all think the change could be. Yeah. It has to be something more earthy and probably more grassroots. And, uh, you know, I just I hold out hope that we get that and that it doesn't turn into the second American Civil War, which I know we brought that up. And that is a really trendy you know, thing to say at this point in time. But uh, I mean, it's it's a reality mm-hmm. that we do have two very, very different uh, factions in this country when it, when you boil it down to it's to its smallest, you know, as low down as you can get. And, uh, one of them, you know, seems to care about people and, and rights and health and, um, you know, children and women and everything. And the other one just doesn't. The thing is, I think it's more granular than that by far. I oh, think, I'm sure. Yes. I'm, we could break it down further. I'm just, you know, what I mean is, is that I think it's dressed up in such a way so that it does feel as if there's only two options, but there aren't just two options. What needs to happen is that more and more people need to talk amongst, amongst themselves. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. Talk. Nosh. No, discuss, you know, like these topics in, in, in the form of podcasting in the form of Facebook groups and message boards and, and, and keep talking. And actually have civil discourse. Yeah, civil discourse. Exactly. Hey, you fucking libtard. Yeah, none of that. Or hey, you fucking right wing Nazi, you know, everything. I mean, I do definitely lean left. So do I. Obviously. But but but, I I don't I don't typically call people names. Yeah, I, I really I have at this point come to only relate. How do I want to say this? If you call yourself right wing, then I'll start throwing the right wing slings and arrows at you because you've straight up identified yourself. You've just told me, oh, I'm a right winger. I'm hardcore this, whatever. You Mm -hmm. know, you've given me the whole package. You've told me in no uncertain terms who and what you are and what you represent. And I'll deal with you in that box. But if you're just someone who happens to espouse some beliefs, I'm not going to just call write you off and say, oh, well, you're just a right winger. Because that's really fucking unfair. And ultimately, I think it's intellectually lazy and emotionally reactionary to do that. Yeah. It, and, 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 you know, you have to kind of have to sit there and say, well, I'm an adult. I'm not, first of all, I'm not immune to new information. So maybe something this guy or this girl knows might change my mind fundamentally. Mm -hmm. If I don't address that, I'm being a bitch. I am not, I am not being intellectually honest. You know, if it, even if it's uncomfortable, you have to, you know, address the reality when it comes to you. Yeah. And I'm going to say this too, for anybody who's listening to this and thinks, wait a second, Mike. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I was. I was the reactionary guy before. I was the one who would get into arguments with people and be like, hey, fuck you. You know, everything you say is a lie. And 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 every piece of evidence that you've given me is from some rag that, you know, that always goes that route. And you can't think for yourself and everything else. And well, I have I've I've amended my ways when it comes to that. Now, if someone does those things, if those things become demonstrably true, it's okay to call people out on it. That's you know, when I just turn around and walk away <laughs> usually because yeah. there's no there's no point in wasting my breath or my time. Right. But sometimes it's good because there's other people watching. You know, true. and I'm not saying so that you can win and look cool. <laughs> More along the lines of so that you can at least leave with an educated statement like I can understand that you don't agree with me on this, but here's why I feel this way. Boom, boom, boom. I've I've done the thing where I've listed out like 
like, you know, 15 fucking uh, links to articles that I read mm-hmm. for stuff and everything. Yeah. Back in the day, I would I would do all that kind of stuff all the time. And right. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, if if, you know, I I don't I don't try to prejudge you. I don't try to prejudge mm-hmm. anybody anymore. But if I see you wearing a MAGA hat, if I see you got a bumper sticker on your car that says fuck Joe Biden, if I see you putting stickers on a gas pump with Joe Biden that says I did that, pointing at the price and everything, I, I know who you are mm-hmm. right off the bat. I know who you are and I'm going to avoid you probably. Yeah. Going to avoid conversation because it's I, I know what you're saying when you get into it with somebody and there are other people around. Education is good, but not getting myself into that situation. Just, you know, well, you have to you have to take care of your own in general. First. I just I just avoid it. Yeah. Certain people are just not you're not going to. There's no <clears> point. There's no. utterly no point in and even continuing that conversation with them. With people Even that are extremists on either side. Yeah, it's well, it's just it's frustrating on on both ends of it. Well, and there are some people who like to just play devil's advocate for the sake of playing devil's advocate. Oh, I've done that before. You know, yeah. and and sometimes that's okay, but when it depends on the I topic do it for my own hand. personal amusement. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes I don't know why people always do the things that they do, but sometimes it's okay, and there's other times where it's just not cool. And, you know, I ignore that shit now. I, I, I'm too fucking old for that shit. You know, I'm just I'm too old for it. I don't have, I need to have peace in my life. And I don't f- ever find peace from picking fights with strangers on yeah. the internet. And there is enough real stuff in your life yeah. that stresses you that you don't need to add anything into that. Do you know what I do now? Like, okay, so the other day, this person called this video fake or said it was stupid or something like Mm -hmm. that. It was about like a wolf uh, doing something that was cute or funny. I forget exactly what it was, but they said it wasn't the right thing for the sub subreddit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always some arbitrator. Who wants to sit there? So this doesn't belong in this shop. This is this shop is going to hell. Mod sucks. You know, yeah. something like well, that. You find that everywhere. Just like people that are going to say everything is fake, too. Of course. <laughs> oh, I have a whole spiel about that. But like now when I went to the other day, someone did that. And I said, well, fine. Get your own wolf if you're so good. <laughs> and, and, you know, like that's not really making fun of that guy. That's just sort of like making the taking the whole thing and saying, look, this whole thing is absurd. From the beginning to the top. So I'm not even going to make fun of you. I'm just going to point out, this is dumb, dude. Come on. <laughs> well, you said it was dumb. You said that dumb thing. And now people are calling you out on it. It's okay to be dumb once in a while. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> makes mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, have, I'm, I'm pulling your leg. It's nothing personal. Now, on the other hand, if someone comes at me and tells me that body on bodily autonomy is, is uh, a joke or that it doesn't matter and that you know, this recent ruling was a, a win. Uh, there was a, a, a there's like this kind of semi famous meme picture of this big guy holding a sign that says we can disagree and still be friends. Mm-hmm. And someone photoshopped it like whenever and like probably like paint. Um, That's where say, I always did my best work it, to say something like. If we disagree on body autonomy, basic body autonomy. Um, I don't want to be your friend or something like that. And that's kind of where I'm at, man. No, I get it. Yeah. No, I get that completely. It's like, it's like, I'm sorry. Even if you were a lifelong friend of mine, it's simply a matter of like, we disagree so diametrically that I don't even want to see you right Um, now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to see your face because I'm afraid it'll come up. And then I'm going to have to have a con- an uncomfortable conversation with you and yes. probably leave in a bad way. I just was around yeah. somebody that I hadn't been around in a while. And uh, the conversation turned to some things that I didn't want to be a party to conversing about. Yeah. I got that like pit in my stomach. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to talk about something I do not want to talk about. So yeah. I did my best to steer the conversation away from that mm-hmm. and uh, and just avoid it. Although I did. Um, I got to say, I don't, we're not going to talk about 
you know, politics the whole time here. You mean like but, another half hour like we did the first, the last yeah. two episodes? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the whole Supreme Court ruling on the teachers being able to lead students in prayer thing just blows my mind. You know what blows my mind is Lauren Boebert fucking opening that stupid gaping wall of hers and saying, I'm tired of this whole church separation of church and state nonsense or baloney or whatever yeah. she called it. I something to that. It really doesn't matter. It just boils down to the fact that she's a fucking idiot. She is. She's probably like, I, I just, well, see to say, to point out that she got her GED to me is a low blow simply because oh, yeah. simply there are people legitimately that that is an accomplishment. Absolutely. And, but, and, and, and I'm going to tell you, if you left high school early and you're listening to this and you went back and got your GED, I'm proud of you. Right. Right. What I understand is that she failed it three times and there was some unproven testimony that suggests that maybe just maybe someone that looked a lot like her took the test the day she passed it. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. I heard it somewhere. But, you know, and then you also hear that she was a prostitute, which I was again, say she slept with her instructors. I, I had a feeling that one was coming up. Well, I mean, <laughs> that she was an escort for a while, maybe. Uh, we don't know if that's that's uncircumstantiated. But again, it doesn't matter if she was. No. What, it, what matters is her take on these things. She yeah. has all these hot takes, but what she says and what she's actually done in her life, they don't they're not congruent. They don't no. match up. Her husband is uh, a uh, he, he basically statutorily raped her. He also exposed himself to her and several other underage girls. Mm -hmm. um, he's done it other times, too. Yeah. We, yeah. That's oh, not a yeah. one off. No, you don't just do that once. That kind of shit happens. Yeah. Once it has happened many times. And um, and and he basically groomed her. And then, I mean, she is like for everything that everything that she says, I just assume is a projection away from looking at her own stained and toward, you know, sword past. And she she's a grifter and a liar, just like the rest of them. And she's a fucking moron. That's I like to think that she and Marjorie Tyler Green are a. um are a uh, oh what was i gonna say fuck the word just went right out of my head kind of like a a litmus test for uh whatever they say mm -hmm. i will automatically do the opposite <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they're 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 fucking their takes on stuff are absolutely wrong oh my god yeah they're horrible they're to horrifying. me you know, to me, they're wrong. To a lot of people, they're wrong. I know there's people that are like, you know, well, they're both hot and they're both right about everything. But uh, first, let me tell all, you something. Not hot. No, not. Not even not even like subjectively. Am I making that statement? Like, I think I, Lauren Boebert could be considered attractive. She could be, but she just from the very first time I saw a picture of her before I formed any other opinion of her. My opinion of her is this is a girl who dresses and acts a certain way to give people the perception that she's quite bright, mm -hmm. but there's nothing going on in between those fucking ears of hers. Nothing. No. There's nothing going on behind those eyes. It's just. <laughs> music. Yeah. You know, I've never forgotten the words calliope <laughs> music because of you. And, and you've brought it up on many, many. <laughs> I know. It's because every time I think about it, it makes me think of you. I can never hear the word calliope without going, Tom. That's really funny because sometimes I think about stuff. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that new idea. Like, oh, that new way of thinking of that. And then I realized that that new way of thinking of things. Yeah, I picked mm -hmm. that up when I was about 14. <laughs> you know the new way <laughs> just remember any brilliant idea you come up with probably probably a better than 90 percent chance somebody else already had that idea yeah 
Well, I mean, you know, like someone teaches you. I'm just trying to think of an example, like a better way to tie a knot. And you always think of that as the new way to tie that knot. Whether you learned it yesterday or you learned it 25 years ago, that'll Mm -hmm. be the new way to tie the knot. Because you had to relearn a habit, you know? And then if you're like a Boy Scout and you know like 47 different knots and you do, the only one you really can't figure out is the bra. <laughs> you know? <laughs> never the bra really, clasp is... Well, uh, never had enough practical experience, unfortunately. You know? Yeah, having not worn one, I, no. uh, you know... Well, uh, or had access to someone who was... I didn't have to worry about it because uh, there's ways to get around these things. <laughs> I, what I was not so subtly implying is that if you know 47 ways to tie a knot, you're probably yeah, I know. not the most sexually active. Yeah, person. you're probably not getting a whole lot of chances. Yeah, yeah. But maybe you are because you're, you know, a great outdoorsman and women are falling maybe. at your feet. Maybe you could be like Nick Offerman. True. Oh, my God. Nick Offerman without a mustache. He looks really strange. It's terrifying. Yeah, he looks terrifying. He, looks he doesn't like look prison. like Nick Offerman. No, he looks like something like a crime. <laughs> like, I'm afraid. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. The first time that I saw him without a mustache was only recently that I that he I think it was something he put on Twitter. And I was like, that is not this is a Nick Offerman. Then you just put your finger over top of his upper lip and go, oh, my God, it is Nick Offerman. <laughs> he looks sick or something. Yeah. It's like the 15th copy of a clone of Nick Offerman. Without a mustache. <laughs> he's a genetic blank of Nick Offerman. <laughs> they just like, he's like about 80% matched at this point, but yeah. they, they turned off the oven a little early and he came out looking like that. Have you ever seen that movie with uh, Schwarzenegger in it? What was it? Um, The sixth day or the seventh day or something like that. It was okay. So Schwarzenegger um owns like this adventure piloting like mountain tour thing where he takes you out in his little helicopter and you go skiing his little helicopter and it like extreme (laughs) yeah like extreme like sporting type thing and um one of the guys that he takes out is the owner of this huge genetic corporation that does like cloning of all kinds and um and they like they like clone animals and they like can like change your hair color and all kinds of different stuff um but human cloning is illegal so everyone has to uh agree to this background check and this scan like a retinal scan so they they agree to it and schwarzenegger gets the little thing over his head and you know, does its thing and mm-hmm. all right, you're good to go get in the helicopter. And then um, something happens and the helicopter crashes and, uh, and then cuts to uh, Schwarzenegger waking up like a couple hours later in his office. And you come to find out later on, there's another version of him running around somewhere. I, this all sounds very familiar to me. Yeah. And and like he finds out that one of them is a clone, but he has trouble believing that it's him. And he actually has to like pull his lip down and there's like a little band of dots. Mm-hmm. So he's like the second clone. And the guy who plays Merle from The Walking Dead is in it. And he's hilarious in that movie. <laughs> well, he's great in everything. I can't remember that actor's name, but he's great in everything he does. I've been a <laughs> fan of his since... Um, Clerk, uh, not clerks, uh, mall rats, mall rats. You know, I found out recently the one girl that was from Three's Company, um, that played uh, one of the replacements for um, for Chrissy when she left the show, uh, back in like the second season. Uh, she was actually the you remember the fortune teller with the three yep. nipples, yep. yeah, that was that was her Priscilla Barnes. See, that's a very Kevin Smith thing to yeah. do to get someone like her. Like, yeah, like he had to pull a couple strings, but he was like, if we could get her, you know, like maybe 10 people will get the reference. But those are my audience. And I got the know. reference all these years later. Yeah, because uh, the one channel that I watch 
shows Three's Company every Sunday night and I think Wednesday night. And I've sat and watched Three's Company quite a bit recently because I happen to think the classic TV sitcoms uh, blow away most modern sitcoms. If you happen to, you know, if if that happens to be the thing that you that you enjoy watching, just the TV to me now is just. I'm not a big fan of sitcoms as a rule, but I do enjoy the older stuff better, like Family Ties. And mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of it's like nostalgia. Like, what's the other one? Oh, yeah. Like, because even the Cosby show, I would probably sit and watch because there was something about it that captures like, I don't really give a fuck what. Well, growing pains. That's the one I was thinking of. I don't I don't really give a fuck what Cosby was thinking when he was on that that soundstage. I'm more interested in what like Theo was doing or like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just resonates with my childhood. So I can sit and watch a couple of Yeah, what were the Huxtable children up to? Right, exactly. It wasn't Cosby, it was the Huxtables. It was a it was a picture into another family lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I what other good stand uh uh sitcoms. Like I grew up watching stuff at my grandma's house during the summer. I would stay with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And so I watched a lot of Leave It to Beaver and Dilby oh, yeah. Gillis and my my bro, uh my three sons and the price is right. The price is right. You know, you, I know your grandmother watched that. Well, here's my grandparents the religiously watched the price is right. I watched the price is right basically. Bob Barker was a pretty much daily part of my life, not only from my entire childhood, but for until he left the price is right or around the time he left the price is right. Because I was when I was in the army, I was in TV branch and having access to television and having in a lunch hour, we just happened to coincide with the airing of that show. So we would watch it every day. We would all be huddled around this tiny little monitor, you know, probably like, I want to say probably like a four inch by seven inch like monitor that we were all crowded around in our fucking camo uniforms. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 400, 450. 451, you know, like fucking doing our own little bidding and shit. And when I the, was sorry, go ahead. And then the soaps would come on and we'd go off and do our own shit. Find other <laughs> pro, like we would have like side projects to look for and shit. When I was real sick a couple months back, uh, I was bedridden for like two days. Dude, I had the flu so bad. I don't, I'm sure that I mentioned it back in that time. Um, but I found, I think it's on Pluto TV. They have a Bob Barker Price is Right channel. Mm-hmm. And I sat and watched the prices right for like two days straight. Let me ask you this. Does it have any of the really old stuff from when he first started the prices? Right. It was mostly 80s. OK. From what I can recall, because when did he start that? Hold on. I want to say probably in the 70s. Uh, That's a good question. Is right. Bob Barker. Come on down. From 1972 to 2007. Yeah, most of them were from like the mid to late 80s that they had that I remember. But I was also kind of in and out of it. Bob Barker was. So when I was. um, When I was in the army, when Bob Barker first started on in 1972, he still had black hair. It was yeah. a little it was a little gray in spots, but it was mostly black. And I got to watch a video of him that we pulled from our archives that had like it was him just doing a show in like the early 1970s. And he was still very good, but you didn't really appreciate how on point his game became iconic by the 80s and 90s you know when when we were coming up like Mm -hmm. like in terms of just like how good of an mc he was there was never a moment of of dead air ever 
No. And 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 it, it was he was always talking, always leading on the audience. Everyone is listening to my voice. He was like a stage magician. It was incredible. Yeah. No one else has ever done anything like it. No. And no one else could pull it off. It's like trying to pull off. Like it's like trying to pull off a Mitch Hedberg joke. You know? <laughs> it's it's impossible. Trust exactly. me. Unless you are Mitch Hedberg, you yeah. just aren't going to get through. It's not I can imitate end. Mitch Hedberg at times when I tell one of his jokes. Right. But even even still, you don't get the full effect. No, no. It's like you have to actually look and sound like him, too. And you have to be him. It's like it's the same with like, what's his name? Um, Stephen Wright. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's another good one. Another good deadpan comic. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of heights. Not me. I'm afraid of wits. <laughs> You know, it's that, <laughs> that sort of dry, but like it's so disarming. Anyone else who tries it just sounds fake to me, you know, because I guess basically Stephen Wright is being himself. And I think that's the trick with some of these comedians is that they're like, well, how can I, how can I be a hundred percent me? And capitalize off of it because people say I'm weird. Like, you know, these are people who took the, oh, you're a weird guy and said, you're damn right I am. And I'm going to get paid to be that guy. Oh, yeah. You know, and I've never really fully been able to commit like that. Like if I if I think if I had less like, I don't know. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> like I would I would jump ahead with some of the shit that I feel like doing and saying. But I feel like a lot of times I'd be like explaining to my family later, like, listen, it was a joke and you have to take into the context and da 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 da. da. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always be explaining myself and having a guilty conscience. You know, like I can't just stick the joke and go with it. You know, a lot of times I feel like, oh man, someone's going to get offended and, and then they're going to think badly of me. Like, you know, like anyone who knows me knows better. You know, yeah. so why do I care about that? I don't I don't really know. Like. You know, it's yeah. not like we have an audience of thousands or even hundreds or even tens. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate it. Those that are there, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the people who listen to this podcast. um clearly see something in us uh i don't have the foggiest idea what that is but i'm glad that they do because it gives me something to do on a friday evening and i can justify by saying hey if we don't do this people will get mad and they do that's the thing (laughs) we found that out yeah we found that out jimmy Fucking, he's like, I don't care what personal life shit gets in your way. You're going to record a goddamn podcast. And then he says, <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. And it's like, are you kidding? Are, are you kidding? kidding? I don't mm. know. <laughs> I was very curious. Now, apparently this was from earlier this year and I missed it completely the congress holding ufo hearings yeah i missed it it was like may 17th i don't remember hearing anything about this i very vaguely remember hearing something about ufos and like that there were people that were in the government that verified their existence but i didn't remember hearing anything else but apparently the intelligence committee of congress held hearings about it well, which is interesting to me. It is worth noting that this is not the first time that they have held these types of hearings. They did this back in like the 1950s or 60s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they had a they had a whole project uh, called Project Blue Book that was entirely devoted to the study and uh, threat assessment of unidentified flying objects or what today they call uh, unidentified uh, aerial phenomenon. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that's, that's definitely what they called it in here. Yeah. It, it, I think it has a lot to do with, I mean, well, 
I just wonder what, if anything, of actual use would have come out of such a hearing that's only two hours long. What are they telling yeah. us exactly? And also, like it says that the intent of the hearing is to give the American people an opportunity to learn what there is to know about these incidents. How much are they really divulging? Well, I don't In know. In two hours. I know. Right. <laughs> that's that's barely enough time for roll call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand what. To me, they could say anything. They could they could lay off their plans and that would be divulging information. Mm -hmm. But if something I don't know, are you I would have in the past said if something truly out, outrageous came out of this, like, yeah, we have proof of like alien life or something like that, or that these are non-human pilots, something crazy like that. If we mm -hmm. had if they had come out and said evidence of that. I would like to think that that would make national news, front yeah. page news. You but would then think. I, but then I recall that when the Pentagon released those uh, naval videos a few years ago, no one said a peep about it. Yeah, because those only came back around in the cycle again a few months ago. What I do know is that a very, very, very many people, including myself, have seen something unexplainable un in the sky at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, you can sit there and explain every single one of them away if you want to try and do that. But I think that it was weather balloons, Tom. That's all I just it was. I think that at a certain point you have to acknowledge there's something is going on, and not every single one of them can just be written off. You know, uh, there's a point when being a skeptic becomes. I feel like there are people who say, "Hi, I'm a skeptic." What they're really saying is, "I am so stuck on the idea that anything that's not presented in a box for me." approved by science is immediately bullshit and i'm just all i'm looking for is confirmation bias to prove it what i'm saying is that a lot of times skepticism goes too far and becomes entrenchment just like any other belief system mm -hmm. ultimately you have to be kind of based on like evidence and i guess there's enough evidence that something strange is going on that we don't understand that we should examine it more. It's as simple. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I'm not saying that it's aliens. I'll, I've never said that. Well, maybe when I was a kid yeah. and, I, and I, I was, you know, I, lacking in certain argument building skills. But as an adult, I realized whatever this is, it's clearly affected many human beings over many, many years and there's consistencies across the board with some of these stories and some of these things, mm -hmm. whether or not they have anything to do with this other phenomenon that we call alien abduction is an entirely that's we have no fucking clue that those things are connected. We just made that 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 leap because we like to draw narratives that could be completely unrelated. But UFOs are a real thing. What are they? What's, what was that red light I watched in? What was it? Probably 1987. I was out in my backyard with my sister, my friend, and my mom. Mm -hmm. And we watched these this red dot unblinking move all around the sky, up and down, fast, slow, zigzags. And then it flew up into the sky and it at super fast speed and it didn't come back. And this thing was tooling around the whole fucking night sky for like 15 or 20 minutes before it decided to do this. It was, I, I can't explain that by, to, maybe by today. If someone today said I saw that, I'd say you probably saw like a really well-equipped drone. Yeah. You know, they didn't exist back in the 80s. No, nothing like that existed in the 80s. I just think that it's arrogant of, of people to think that we are the only possibility of intelligent life or life in general. Well, in this vast solar system, I agree. I, I would say bigger than the solar system, maybe the galaxy. But, but I would say I would agree with you. The argument is how does how does intelligent life find us? I think that they know like, that we're here and I think that they've avoided us because we're like cavemen. <laughs> 
That's but, that's my opinion. But they looked at us and we're like, fuck this, man. They've only got so much more time left anyway. Let's just but, let it go and let it play itself out. But I, I hear you. But what I'm saying is that the that paints a very, very populated universe as a picture, like with a lot of intelligent life in it. And we simply don't have any evidence to support that right now. If that is the case, if there is some vast federation of planets and alien species and all that, they're doing a very good job of making sure that we don't find out about them. Because it's like the largest game of hide and seek ever. Yeah. <laughs> How hard is it to hide in something as vast as space? Honestly, I think I think that the much more likely answer and somehow to me the more disturbing one is that these UFOs and whatever their pilots are aren't extraterrestrial at all. They're just not from uh, these here parts because they've got this big vast ocean to, to, to hide in. I, I think that there's intelligent life on this planet that's not human mm-hmm. that uses the ocean as its crash pad. It, it, brilliant, like like with space. Yeah. It'd be near impossible. If they couldn't figure out if the Loch Ness monster is real mm-hmm. in the in Loch Ness, which is a confined area. Right. How the fuck are you going to tell me what's in the oceans? We have no clue what's in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> We've mapped like what? What is it? 80% of the world is covered by water? Something like that. And I yeah. think we've mapped 15% of the ocean. And that, when we say we've mapped, that's mapped. That's like radio spectrum. Very generous term. Yeah, it's not. We haven't visited, <laughs> you know, and that's such a small percentage of such a massive, massive portion of the planet. We have no idea what's down there. And, you know, if it's as fancy as the craft the Navy was showing us videos of, then I'm pretty fucking sure that it could do plenty of shit down there that we don't currently have access to, technologically speaking. Like, you know, gravity uh, wells and things that protect it from high pressure and, mm-hmm. and, and make it completely, you know, feasible for there to be an entire life. Like, fucking hell. They might have like huge colonies down at the bottom of our of our of our oceans that we don't know about. It's entirely possible. You know, I'm excited at the possibility of something like that and hope that when they become our overlords, that they'll remember that I said I was excited and won't, (laughs) you know, put me in indentured servitude or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would happen that I would think that anything that shares this plant with us is probably very very concerned about us and what we're capable of doing um and if you listen to a lot of like the ufo people and like especially the people who claim to have been you know abducted by these beings they're so so often told hey you've been chosen to bear this message back to the rest of the world that your world is ending and you have the capacity to keep that from happening. And they always do that, you know, and, and what, what I would say is it makes a lot more sense for them to be like, Hey, stupid, your, your backyard's on fire. Cause you poured gas on it. You dumb fuck. <laughs> you dumb fuck. Guess what? That's my yard right there. So fucking put the shit out. You know, they're, they're not really like these loving overlords. They're they we're their meth crackhead fucking monkey cousins. neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> these annoying meth head monkey cousins that that are like, I don't know what they are. Fish people, I, maybe just off, <laughs> fish people, maybe just an offshoot of human beings. Who knows what they are? But. I don't know. It just makes a lot more sense to me that they came from a part of the plant that we currently find accessible due to it. You made me think of the Meyer lurks from uh, (laughs) Fallout. A Meyer lurk! (laughs) A Meyer lurk! Yeah, but uh, it just makes more sense to me that that than, than something that's literally like the improbability of us finding life on another planet that we can meet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and actually have a real conversation, even not just meet, 
even just have a, a dialogue with bearing communication barriers that we can't even begin to imagine. Let's say we have a viable communication partner. That means that they have to be within like the closest star is like, what, like a light year away. So that's like, hello. And then wait a year for them to get back to you. <laughs> At least. Can you imagine how stressful that would be? Like, it would be just like, it would be like fucking, you know, when we had the really bad communication issues when you were still using your Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. Imagine that times a year. I'd rather not. <laughs> like i remember those days very vividly yeah well they weren't that long ago i know yeah we we don't know what the fuck's down there i the ocean scares the shit out of me i'm not gonna lie like even like relatively shallow water i i'm always reminded of that one my brother my brother and me bit glass shark did you ever did i ever show you that one i don't think so you need to look up glass shark when you get off this call. Um, but Justin's talking about how when you're in the deep end of the pool, you can convince yourself as a kid that there's a shark in the water with you. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, the shark's in the water, fat kid. He's going to get you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like get when you. you're walking in the dark and you can convince yourself that there's somebody chasing you. The worst is when you're going up steps like basement steps and the lights are off behind you mm -hmm. and you're sure that someone's just going to reach out and grab your ankle. Yep. And or like reach out behind and just unhook your guts. Just, I still have the instinct with that when at this age, when I go down to my basement and come back up, mm -hmm. <laughs> like looking over my shoulder, like, wait a second. Yeah, this was really one that uh, I didn't particular. I don't. I don't believe. I don't really think it's newsworthy, but it made me laugh because somebody took the time to ask these questions. <laughs> but uh, it was on a website called anomalien.com. I'm and sure it that's hard hitting journalism. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is right up there with you know the other giants in the scientific community. Yeah. <laughs> Video. Does the Vatican show a hologram instead of a real pope? So during the pandemic in 2020, they're trying to say that there was a video that spread online, and I unfortunately wasn't able to find it, although I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really try that hard, uh, that shows the Pope coming out and making a speech and then turning around and literally disappearing. Yeah. According to the video. You know, yeah. like, it couldn't possibly be <laughs> manipulated at all. It definitely means that they had a hologram come out and then they played audio and then, you know, to keep the Pope safe. I mean, that's 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 what it feels like to me. I am a little confused by the fact that this article has the YouTube video, but, <laughs> but it's not a clickable link, but it's not a clickable link or yeah. embedded <laughs> or anything. It's just like, hey, you're on your own, asshole. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, when you go to it, it's been taken down. Yep. It says this long, this video is no longer available because the YouTube account associated with this video has been terminated. Let's look up hologram Pope. I did find it elsewhere and found a pretty shitty version of it. And it is odd, I will admit, but it's the kind of odd that could probably be explained by like a shitty CCD in a camera, like, like, if that camera that was recording that one footage, if it happened to have like water damage or something, it could have just dropped some of the, some of the fucking footage and just replaced it with black. Like encoding is weird because like when you're looking at like a video file, like it's in order to compress it and save space, it only changes the stuff in the video that actually changes. So if you're in a dark room in a scene, for example, and the scene is stationary, it doesn't change. It just keeps that the frames or the chunks of the frames that have the non-moving footage in them. 
So anywhere where there's some light changing or there's a flicker from a candle, that's live footage. But the back of the room is still the same frames it was at the beginning of the scene two minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And that's how you compress video down. So my guess is that it was just a bad compression. You know, it was just it's something was wrong with the camera or the software or it just fucking glitched. It happens. Nope. You know? The Pope's a hologram. Sorry. But, well, you know, here's the thing. If, if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to make claims about the Pope, you always check Snopes. So let's see what Snopes has to say. That's true. Snopes. They are my my go to. If I, I don't, don't believe something. Do you think if I just type in Holo Pope, that'll it'll know what I mean? I feel like it should. No, it comes up with halal. So I'm going to type in hologram pope. I think hollow pope should be a thing. That'd be a great name for a band. Pope Francis disappears on live TV explained. Video shows Pope go poof. Here's what happened. Claim Pope Francis disappeared, disappeared on live TV. Rating false. Uh, really? On, yeah. <laughs> Now, on November 2nd, 2021, a new TikTok video about Matrix glitches was posted that purported to show Pope Francis appearing into thin air on live TV, seemingly vanishing while cameras were rolling. While the TikTok video itself was brand new, the three clips it displayed were all old. The first two Matrix glitches in the video were about a briefcase that purportedly changed colors in a glass of water that moved on a Honduran TV broadcast. Both were explained in a previous fact check. For the third, third clip, the video showed that Pope Francis seemingly disappearing. The voiceover said during a 2020 broadcast, Pope Francis seemed to vanish in thin air while stepping back inside after blessing the crowd. So, uh, hold on, let's see. We also found YouTube videos of the same moment. One such titled Pope Francis disappears on live TV. Some use the words vanishes into thin air. Unfortunately, the truth is less exciting. On April 13th, 2020, Pope Francis presented the Regina Coley prayer. I, oh, I love that remix on the Vatican from the Vatican on the day of the after, on the day after Easter Sunday, the moment came amid the moment the beginning months of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the Vatican, during his remarks, he specifically acknowledged the, the, the role of women in combating the coronavirus. The prayer appeared to be a broadcast live and was later made available on YouTube. Post Pope Francis's prayer was also reported by television news organizations across the world. The clip may have come from a local broadcast by Kalamazoo, Michigan-based WWMT. TV. Okay. <laughs> so basically what it's coming down to is that that glitch may have come from one specific footage, like, which just hmm. backs up my belief that, okay, so either there was like dirt on the lens or there was like a, a failure of the, the, the software or, you know, who knows? Like, there's a million explanations. Um, you know, I would think that if the man actually disappeared, there would be, like, thousands of people who'd seen it. Yeah. Right? right? I think it would also be considered a miracle. Mm, yeah. He'd be like, see ya! Like, the Pope can just teleport his ass wherever he wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing yes telepope that you just we just coined the phrase for it teleportation i love it <laughs> i like to uh i like to believe that the pope is able to just go between planes as he sees fit well as because, an emissary for, yeah. as an uh, emissary for god he should have that luxury i would think. yeah i think what and happens is like he, he he has like he takes off his hat and and like he does a little dicky dicky doo around it with the fucking pope <laughs> bath that he has and then he reaches down to his pope hat of holding <laughs> <laughs> and the pope hopes that each leap is going to be his final leap home <laughs> yeah. quantum pope 
<laughs> I know that's well, an old story, but it's still funny. He says, oh, boy, but he says it in Latin. <laughs> oh, it's boyus. Isn't that Latin? <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Philo Lama. I, I don't know. <laughs> Lamentium. 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 <laughs> uh, that's oh, the end weird. of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Lamentium. Well, you know, I would love to sit here and wax philosophic about the Pope because it's just fun to do. But mm. I just looked at the time and we are out of time. So that's going to have to be a story and a conversation for another time. Thanks for listening to Story Time with Hope. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Story Time with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. <laughs> giving it to you like i don't know was that is that hope what you said i i i <laughs> was thinking about words that rhyme with pope <laughs> we gave everybody the urge to rhyme things with pope that was it for tonight and what a good lesson that was it was yeah like like hope and nope soap nope rope uh-huh Elope. These are all soap on a rope. That's like two rhymes for Pope in one one thing. Pope. Beautiful. Slope. Uh, slope. Yeah, that's good. You take the slippery slope because you use the soap on the rope and then you put it on the slope and the slope becomes slippery. Just don't drop the soap. Yeah. Especially if you're a young boy and there's a priest behind you. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't bad taste. Goodbye. Oh.